Good morning, afternoon, or evening. Please delete as appropriate. Hello there, and welcome to this episode number 416 of the Material Podcast. I'm Andy Anatko. Florence Ion is still on her leave. She'll be back in a couple of weeks. Well, I hope that uh, I, come, I come across okay this week. Uh, news has been a little bit rattling. It's hard, kind of hard to find like my center. Um, you know, uh, obviously Donald Trump has been indicted, and I'm afraid that this is going to distract people from the big news of the week, which is that the company that makes the Instant Pot has filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. I'm sorry that you had to hear it from me if you've been like sort of unplugging. But oh my goodness, th- th- this could be dire. I can, I'm I'm trying to have faith uh, in my God, in my country, and in the fact that this is actually a very very hot selling item that people love, and that Chapter Eleven is just a reorganization. It's not Chapter Seven, which is this uh, dig a dig a pit, throw the throw the uh, throw the accountants in there, cover them up with dirt, pretend nothing happened. So it's the instant pot is still going to be here. I just I. In the in the past year, I have sort of uh, not become an instant pot zealot, but it's become a really really important part of my workflow. And this is the workflow that uh, that uh, that uh, avoids me basically getting a meatball sandwich from the takeout la- next door like every single night. Uh, it's I, I I've been on like this long long program of sort of restoring like the normal operations of my kitchen. <laughs> Which sort of faltered after uh, during COVID. It's like yes, I, I kind of slacked off on on cooking. Like it's, it's not that I was ordering pizzas every single night, but there 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 were too many nights in which I would just like fix myself a sandwich as opposed to hey, why don't you actually cook yourself something involving a protein, a vegetable, uh, and a starch and or carbohydrate that is hot and fresh with with actual ingredients. Yeah, I kind of slacked off on that, and, I, and that that was bad. And I'd had this, like a lot of people, like I bought the Instant Pot when it was super, super cheap on Amazon, chiefly because I do have friends who are Instant Pot zealots. That's the same reason why I got a sous vide, because I have friends who are, who are sous vide zealots. And sometimes, like, uh, uh, I'll put it this way, when you encounter a religious zealot and you figure that if I just take the pamphlet and smile and keep walking... I'll get I'll be able to get on with my life a lot faster than if I resist. And actually these things were pretty pretty cheap on Amazon. So I, I had it. I was I wasn't it's not like it was never out of the box, but I wasn't really using it the way that you're supposed to be using it. I was like essentially making batches of of rice. It was it's a really good rice cooker, really good for like oatmeal and stuff like that. But then okay, let's start let's start really applying it. So and now it really has become uh, one of the one of the one of the hubs, one of the one of the gravity wells of of my uh, of, of my of my uh, my my cooking workflow, and for the simple reason that uh, it's 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 really good for my particular lazy style of cooking, if that makes any sense. Like, I'm not uh, I'm I'm usually cooking just for myself, so there's no big there's no huge payoff to spending 45 minutes messing up the kitchen, then 15 minutes eating, and then like 45 minutes cleaning the kitchen. Also, I have other things I'd like to be doing rather than just like sitting, <laughs> rather than like standing uh, standing uh, behind the stove, uh, behind an open flame in my kiss the cook apron, basically supervising uh, an act of thermodynamics to make sure it doesn't burn the house down. The, the sous vide and the instant pot are both great because I can basically do all the food prep, do all the cooking. Now here's the now here's the amount of time that I'm gonna that this stuff is gonna have to be exposed to heat so that it doesn't kill me and or so that like the onions and the carrots and the peppers all meld together into this wonderful little like melange of 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 of, of, of stewed together flavors. Uh, and it's 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 important to it's I, I I'll do that part and then I'll then I can walk away for an hour and then when I come back it's as though elves or my mom has simply said, "Oh, son, I know that it's Tuesday night and you're working really hard. I left you a pot of 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 of, of stew. I left you I left you some uh, some red beans and rice. Oh, isn't that nice? Because I can I'm capable of forgetting that it was me who set this up for an hour ago. <sighs> Sometimes not being able to focus really really well on any one thing for any length of time, it could be a very very refreshing approach to tedious things that happen over the course of the day." 
and so it's a it, it would it would bum me out if this thing like didn't exist also i uh, it's i hope that i'm not like sort of like uh regressing in how i make meals either because if if i if i were to look into look inside my kitchen i have been methodically replacing every conventional appliance with essentially something i could cook with if i were like a sophomore in college and th- there's a rule against cooking in the dorm room and so i have to have like things i can cook with that i can hide if the ra is coming down the hall because so i've got i've got the sous vide i've got the instant pot um, I got a countertop oven, which I use because the big oven takes takes much longer to heat uh, and has doesn't have as much feature as many features as this nice countertop oven I have. I actually and I I I might I might have broken it. I, I might have broken like my self image as no no no. You just buying the buying the tools that make you that that make you productive. Last week I bought an induction burner like a countertop induction burner so that I don't necessarily have to stir it. I don't have, I don't have to stand behind the stove for any reason, for any length of time, for any reason. So yeah, maybe, maybe there is something to this now to be truthful. It's not about like regressing like that. It's, uh, it's very, very, uh, it's very, very similar to like how I set up my office. It's like, when you set up your office, you can put the desk anywhere, okay? You can put the computer anywhere. You can arrange the screens and the keyboard however you want them to go. If you want to have, like, a, a reading stand for, like, documents or to, to have your iPad, like, on an easel, you can do that. You can put, And you can put things exactly wherever you want. But the problem with, like, traditional kitchens is that... Like no, here is where the here is where the fridge has to be. Here is where the 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 stove has to be, and the, and where the stove has to be, that's where your burners have to be, and that's kind of fascist. I think you'll agree that why why should I why should I have to subject to the tyranny of whoever it was who who laid out this kitchen decided that fifteen twenty thirty forty years later, Andy and Otko, I don't know who you are, I don't know what your needs or desires are, and I don't care. Damn it. You're going to be frying eggs standing in this one, like two square foot area. And that's it. It's a, I, I, I used that countertop burner for the first time and having like a burner right next to my prep, my vegetable prep area was cool. And having like the instant pot that was like stewing, I could, I could be like frying up like bits of sausage and then like adding them to the pot, like just going left hand, right hand, as opposed to, okay, now I have to carry this. <laughs> find an oven mitt carry the skillet from one place to another i'm 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 reasonably well coordinated it's not like i'm going to trip and cover myself in, in in hot burning oil if if that does happen and you hear about it you can you can say that i, I was a big damn liar by, by by the way i said it but it's really cool to be able to set things exactly where you want them to go um now i'm also going to discount the idea that yes technically speaking that means that I could live the dream and literally spend all day in bed because I could have like a, 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 a stovetop burner, technically speaking, the sous vide, the the instant pot, even like this mini dorm fridge that I bought like when I when my when my leg was uh, when, when I hurt my leg, I could I could just rearrange things in my bedroom so that I could really just reach down, get things out of the fridge, toss them into these cooking things, go back to sleep. An hour later, I've got Thanksgiving dinner. And isn't that like sort of the ideal? Like, why should I deny myself? No, I'm not going to. See, I'm, I'm already talking myself into it. I'm, it would be fun to try. I'm not saying that it wouldn't be fun to try. Just like, um, have, you ever done the, have you ever done that thing where it's like, it suddenly, <laughs> suddenly occurs to you that, uh, gee, I could just like lay in bed and like have the laptop like on my chest and like have uh like uh, my wireless mouse like uh, uh to the to to the right of me like on the bed like next under, just where my hand is is liable to feel uh, to 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 be falling naturally and like get through like a morning email uh, three or four hours of email without actually and try to see how little I can possibly move. I know this is a horrible, horrible trend, but it's it's fun to explore that and just figure out 
how how lazy can I be? Like, how much effort can I put into making the least possible amount of effort? And is there a way that I could spin that in the history book so that it seems like it's kind of aspirational? Uh, well, I'm gonna I'll, I'll I'll close out this by saying that you know, uh, last night I tried something brand new. I was I, I, I've been watching the binge, the binging with ba- binging with Babish channel on YouTube which is a type it's if you haven't seen it it's a type of like uh, a cooking channel on youtube that uh, would be unimaginable uh like 10 years ago the idea of hey we're gonna t- i'm gonna show you how to make an entire thanksgiving dinner and this this video is gonna last 11 minutes in which i'm gonna show you how to make like six different dishes if it's and if if all he's doing in one of these videos is here's how to make chicken pot pie it lasts five minutes he just goes boom 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 put this in put this in boom 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 and that's kind of all you want because i i'm gonna have to look up a recipe i'm gonna have to have that handy too i don't want you to start off by saying Every time that I think about handmade gnocchi, I think about my my gap year in Provence, in which I I had just broken up with my my with my a uh, twelve uh, year relationship with the family dog who ran away when I went off to college. Like, I don't know. Just 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 tell me. Like, should I the grilled cheese? What's the difference between having it uh, gr- grilling it on butter versus grilling it grilling it on vegetable oil versus grilling it on mayonnaise? Just let me know which one is going to work best for me. He'll just get you right to it. Then you f- then you figure out on your own. You can just basically preload your brain. And so this is why like it I've been binging this literally binging with bab- babish binging because it's just every time you sh- you see another one you want to see another one and you get like oh it gets you interested in cooking something you hadn't cooked before um i did now i i'd already discovered like brussels sprouts like a year ago or 2 years ago um brussels sprouts were in that category of things that i thought that i didn't like the taste of only because every time that i'd had them as a kid my mom god bless her didn't cook them well <laughs> It was like there's you, you, there there are ways of cooking vegetables that are really 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 tasty, and sometimes like the, the, the weekday weeknight meals uh, from a parent who is cooking for like three or four kids every single night on top of everything else they have to do, that's that's a that's a big ask. And so over over the course of your adulthood, you kind of rediscover certain vegetables, certain dishes that oh. I actually like this. The key is that I like them cooked this way. So, Binging with Babish had their had his. Uh, here's how. Here's how to. Here's how to cook Thanksgiving dinner like really, really quickly. And this was like all of like two minutes. But it was the. It was this one one tip that I was really, really eager to try out. And it's going to seem obvious, but uh, I, I I've always been a, a a a roasting sort of guy when it comes to Brussels sprouts. Arrange them in the arrange them in the pan. Like uh, rather toss them in a bowl with like salt and pepper and and some oil. Uh, put them in, put them uh, like face face down in a pan or face up in a pan. Roast them in a four hundred degree oven until they get nice and like crispy and like nice and uh, tender and that that sort of stuff. And I do like uh, I do like them with with uh, with bacon. That is very very nice. But I've been like cooking bacon on the side and like chopping it up and like tossing it with when tossing it with when it's done. He he said that one of his uh, one of his assistants or one of his like helpers or whatever came up with this idea of what if you were to take that same pan of of Brussels sprouts that you've cut in half and trimmed and all that, and you just like add strips of raw bacon on the top of it, <laughs> and then roast that entire thing so that the the Brussels sprouts get drenched in bacon fat as they cook. Oh dear listener, I I'm. If you have to pause this podcast right now to go to the store and get some Brussels sprouts and get some bacon, you, you, I'm, I'm sending, I'm sending you on a very, very correct path because I used to like Brussels sprouts. Now I really like Brussels sprouts. They're terrible. They're not nearly as healthy, but maybe I'll, maybe now I'll have Brussels sprouts more frequently and, and as like a, a primary vegetable like dish as the star of the of, of the entree and so I'll, hopefully it'll balance it's uh, it'll, it'll work out like as if i'm going to live a long life anyway who was uh but uh, I, so uh, instant pot the company filing for chapter 11 it was an annoying on a couple of ways a because again i don't want to lose my favorite appliance but also like i saw the headline uh, those uh, the story dropped just yesterday 
And I'm thinking, oh God, what? How much money would I bet that the words "private equity" appear somewhere in this I, in this uh, in this article about a company that seems to be covered with success suddenly going to bankruptcy? And of course, yeah, this is the story of how Instant Pot became went to Chapter Eleven. Is that the brand the company was acquired by a private equity firm? And oh God, nothing nothing's good when those two words are are. Uh, enter the conversation and when they enter the chat certainly like the the worst word the, the 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 i would say that the worst things the worst terms you can hear about something happening to the building that uh where you're renting an apartment would be like soil subsistence cracks the foundation things of that nature fine number two would be oh we have the, the the building has new owners it's a private equity firm because because this is they, they managed they managed to make even the, the the words venture capitalist sound like altruistic nonprofit. hey we're putting we, we are we're taking donations and using them to clothe the clothe the uh, poor hungry and homeless people because the private equity firms all they care, they don't care about making a profit. They care about making more profits every single quarter. That there's something wrong. If this, if an investment is returning, uh, is returning like twenty percent, whatever, like every single quarter, rock solid. That's that's what the books show. Like after when they buy the company, said no, it should be. See, we can we can sprinkle our own magic dust on this company. It should be making thirty percent the next to, next quarter, then forty percent the next quarter, and then two hundred percent the next quarter, and then eight thousand percent the next quarter, upwards into infinity, infinity dollars. It should be making. And so they saddled the they they basically mushed the instant pot company together with a bunch of other like home kitchen sort of brands uh to make some sort of conglomerate company they also tried to expand the instant pot brand into like blenders and like ovens and and air fryers and stuff like that and so and so basically they saddled the company with an immense amount of debt that they can't possibly pay off and hello presto chapter 11 um it's so oh, and it's uh, I'll, I'll even go further in, in talking about like how this is not uh, this is not me just like going off on a huge tangent before getting into the actual show techn talking about google and technology it's also shows the problem that happens when uh what happens when you have an amazing innovative wonderful product that's wonderful legitimately wonderful and everybody who has it loves it but you seem to have sold one to everybody who was going to buy one and you need you your company needs to make money more money before this thing like self self explodes like in five or six years or however long it's going to take for for appliance to implode. It's like this is the, the exact same problem that Apple and Google are facing. To say nothing of other tech companies, where like Apple and Google are now uh, in in terms of expanding their market share for their phone operating systems and their phone hardware, they are now hunting down the remaining nooks and crannies of the planet, of the phone market that they haven't reached yet. This is, this is why, uh, before, uh, before Google got so desperate about talking about artificial intelligence, their big like business, uh, buzz phrase was, Oh, the next billion users. Like we are, we have to find the next billion users out there that are not using Google products and services and get them figure out why, why they're not using them and get them those, those products and services. And that's how like the, the Google one program started where, Hey, let's create a version of Android that will work on the most cheapest, uh, resource, uh, uh, resource-free phones that are out there. We'll, we'll create versions of the Google software and the operating system that will work on a phone that costs like a blister pack of like 10 for, for, for $3, you know, they're, they're basically water soluble. They're so inexpensive to make. Uh, it's, um, it, it also lends color to a story that I don't, I don't, I don't think it merits like talking about as a full, uh, full Google topic, but I, I was, I've been getting a little bit annoyed over the past like month because of a, of an analyst statistic about how, Oh, people are switching from Android to iPhone in droves. And this is, uh, Oftentimes, oftentimes my most efficient vector of annoyance is actually my YouTube subscriptions because the recommended channels when I'm just, I'm just sitting down, pick up the remote, lit up the screens. I want to you know, see what's on. And now there, there's like one of those, uh, one of those thumbnails of, Hey, well, it's the end of the road for Android. Everybody hates Android because they suck. And now everyone's moving towards the iPhone. And 
it's like okay let me be let me be really patient here and um i'm not i'm certain that there are some people that switch platforms because they prefer the other people <laughs> after using a certain phone for two or three years and after dropping it into the toilet one time too many and now they're in the phone store they like to change things up or maybe they will prefer like the uh, to be on the other team for for a while or permanently this is what i this is what happened to me i was on iphone for my since the very very first iphone then i switched to android because it i, it, I was it was very very attractive to me um but not to so not to negate people having a very very free will sort of thing, but Apple is also really really having a good time, a good success in getting into markets that they haven't been in before, chiefly India, uh, which is with the single most populous country in the world, or perhaps the second. It's not a country that has been buying a lot of iPhones because of a lot of factors in the market that Apple wasn't willing to address, including the fact that they weren't manufacturing hardware actually inside the country. And the uh, the government has some rules that says, hey, look, if you're going to operate in our company, you have to manufacture in our country. You have to bring jobs into our country. You can't just sell things to our people and then take that money out of our country. You have to help our economy, which is a very, very rational way of, of, of doing business. But the other part of that is that well, yes, of course, lots of people are switching to, from Android to iPhone. What else are they going to be switching from? They're not switching from BlackBerry anymore because those the, the, those phones are now so old that they no longer have molecular structural integrity. Okay, so it's the single most popular uh, operating system for for phones on the planet. If they're going to be switching from anything, it's going to be Android. So yes, of course, they're switching from Android to iPhone. So yeah, it's there's a lot of flag waving that i really really got sick of 10 or 15 years ago it was it was fun when i was a teenager it was even still kind of fun when i was in my early to mid 20s when um, i was still in the i was still in the age group that to say that hey look i'm i'm still using the mac even though everyone says the the apple's going to be out of business in a couple of years you know what i am i am the apple of the technology industry, okay? They keep counting me out, and they think that I'm terrible because I'm not like the other operating systems. But and I'm keep you know sort of like impressing my my own insecurities onto my own operating system. Okay, so it was fun in my twenties, but I I don't like fealty. I don't like like uh, you shouldn't you shouldn't have you shouldn't have feel as though oh I'm happy for Apple that their market share is increasing. Okay, be be happy that you switch from a phone you don't like to one that you do like now, but Apple doesn't care. They, they they care. They care about the number of people who are buying iPhones, but they're not like, oh my God, we finally got through to Andy. He's finally coming back to the iPhone. They're not going to reward you with anything. Okay, so that's that's why all this like the, this this drum majorette <laughs> marching down the square and and cheering on. Oh look, hey look, we're selling more iPhones than Android phones again. Unless you're unless you're you're at you work for Apple and you're responsible for those that increase in sales, you don't have to have a sense of pride or pleasure about it. You're not really entitled to that. And speaking of which, speaking of like Andy switching switching iPhone, I'll, it's time for us to start start the show for sure. Uh, but yeah, I'm ew, I, I still I still love my Pixel Six Pro. It's probably still going to be like my phone. I'm I'm it's, I'm going to stick with it until like it's no longer. It's it in, until Jesus calls it home, uh, one way or another. So another year, two or three, no problem. But you know what? If I were to switch to iPhone, it it would probably be when that time comes, because of the Ulysses uh, text editor. It's it's available for the Mac. It's available for the iPad. I gave it like another uh, run through earlier this year, just like I was speaking last week about how, and the week before about how, hey, you should you should be trying new. If if you have workflows that work for you, you still need to check to see if they're still the tools that you're using are still the best for your task because your tasks change, your tasks can change, your needs change, and the alternatives get better and better, and new alternatives start appearing. And man, I adore Ulysses now, and. It bums me out just a tiny bit that I can't use it on my Android phone, and if I had an iPhone, I could use it on my iPhone. Not not that I was not that I'd be writing up show notes and doing research like on my phone, but yeah, there are times where I have ideas, and I've now figured out I've, now that I've been using it like as a daily driver for a couple of months now, uh, at the very least. Now I know I've I've. 
figured out a workflow for the Ulysses app for, hey, that's a, that would be a good story to talk about like on NPR or on Material or on MacBreak or whatever. And of course, just to be able to capture that with a, with a device that you've got handy without having to just sort of like take a note in another app and then remember to transfer that note elsewhere. That would be nice. And being able to like keep building like my show notes from a mobile device like that would be awesome. And I can't do that because it's not multi it's not multi-platform in that way. Uh, but still I'm, I'm, I'm very, very happy. It's, it's, it's great when you, it's, it's great when you get a new pair of boots or something and you realize that, Oh my God, this is, why was I wearing those, those stupid ratty sneakers every single day? These are great. They're warm. They're waterproof. <laughs> I, I look a little bit like one of the Beatles in like 1963, say at least from the ankles down. Uh, this is this is swell. Why didn't I look into boots before? Uh, I'm 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 at the very very last stage of of the falling in love process where, like, not only to have my, not my my workflows have been pretty much set in Ulysses now. Now I'm doing things like you know what what font choice should I have in the editing window or what uh, when I export this into like a script that I can read later on. Uh, like should I should I I should create a style sheet for that because so I can have like cues and things like that. Uh, <laughs> I, I came i came across uh i i hope that i hope that you can send me your prayers because uh i came across a version of 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 comic sans hear me out don't don't judge me yet <laughs> there there's there there are a couple of like uh github projects that are that are trying they're creating like a version of a monospace version of comic sans Number one, when I do my, when I when I write when I write when I edit text, it's always in a mono monospace font. I don't know why. Maybe it's be, maybe it is because that I grew up on like on the Apple II, like when you have fixed like eighty column text. But for for me, the mindset of editing is is always like this very very bland sort of like industrial Soviet style font. Uh, but someone is they've so they've a couple of different uh, people on GitHub have been adapting the sort of trying to keep trying to keep the the enough of the flavor and the vibe of comic sans to make this monospace text editing font funky a little bit funky without being looking without me fe feeling stupid about it and at large typefaces yeah it looks a little bit too much like comic sans at like the 12 or like 16 uh point size that i that i edit in it's just a little funky enough to make to cover sort of like send 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 off a little give me give me that that dopamine hit that i need sometimes to 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 to, to, to continue on my day with a smile and a spring in my step i just i i, I just don't I, I might have to like if i do switch to this as an editing font i'll have to rename it shouldn't i because it's like I can't be using Comic Sans, and then you, and, 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 I, I shouldn't care what other people other people think. But I, I did not picture myself growing up <laughs> as the grandson of immigrants to this fine country, actually using Comic Sans as a productive thing, and without and not acknowledging that with every keystroke that there's something wrong with that. That there there are options in this country that again. Three of my grandparents f fled their nation, their home nations on ships, fled their families for a better life for, for me, someone that they had never even met at that point. They were hoping for better than Comic Sans for me. And I feel like I, I, all that seasickness on, that, on, on those ships, I, I don't want it to have gone for waste. Um, I'll, uh, if you go to the show notes, go to uh, uh, go to relay.fm slash material. I'll have links to the comic mono font so you can judge for your own. It's actually pretty cool, uh, but I'm, but the, the jury is still out. Well, now that I've been talking about food for 25 minutes, let's get the show started and then finished so that I can have a very, very big and wonderful dinner. Uh, so this week, here's what we're going to be talking about. Uh, for some damn reason, Google decided to release like a huge wobbly amazing <laughs> dense pile of uh, of software updates and os updates uh, to their servers services and stuff all on the exact same day so we're going to be wading through all of those uh, that includes uh, the june feature drops for the pixel phones and the pixel watch both of which have some pretty pretty cool new features and of course 
Leave it to the EU to harsh Google's mellow on a day when they got so many features off the door and they should be celebrating and popping the cork and, you know, going to the that place that has the mini golf and the and and the and the go-karts and the, and the stuff. The EU chose that exact same day to file formal charges against Google, claiming that Google's ad business violates the EU's standing antitrust laws, whatever that means. Actually, uh, no, they did include like a 20 page document explaining exactly what that means. And it doesn't, doesn't look, doesn't look great for Google, but we're going to take a break. And, uh, after uh, we pause a little bit, we're going to go see what Google put in our Christmas stocking. So yeah, it was, it just seemed really, really weird that on June 14th, Google decided to just dump all kinds of like new things <laughs> into the release date. It's uh, not just like feature drops, but all kinds of little things across like a whole bunch of different, uh, different services. And like, I don't, I don't know why. Uh, actually, come to think of it, I think I'm going to just do a search. Okay, okay. June 14th was flag day. Well, that explains it then. I, no, it doesn't explain anything. I, it, it, a huge coincidence, but still, it was a lot. To, it was a lot for me to keep on top of, uh, and I, I count like eleven different things that I've I took notes on that I thought were like cool enough to, to mention. So here, here's what here's what I, I'm going to do to make things a little bit more fun. Uh, I've got in this hand, I've got a pair of standard six sided dice. Uh, I also have the lid to the bo nice box that my Google Nexus came in. You know that that uh streaming sphere that uh, google canceled before actually shipping uh really lovely box so what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna roll the dice uh, and whatever number i come up with that's the one i'm gonna talk about uh double six they're only 11 so uh, double sixes mean roll again so here we go we got a six and a five, number 11, number 11. Uh, so yeah, this is, this one was weird. This is a, a, a virtual try on is coming. Actually has, has arrived in Google shopping. It's a brand new generative AI feature so that it will let you, uh, if you, if you're shopping for clothing, it will put the cloth, the piece of clothing that you're thinking you're, you're looking at on a virtual model that meets your specifications. So it doesn't, so it won't let you, uh, like, uh, create an avatar, like a 3d avatar of yourself personally, but it, they have, uh, like, a, uh, sample models from uh, size extra, extra small to four extra large with multiple body proportions and also multiple skin tones. So what happens is that if you're doing, if you're, if you shop for product, like you, you shop for uh ladies, I was going to say denim blouse, which shows you how much I know about ladies clothing, but so search results, uh, if it has a, a try on badge uh, on that search result, you can click on it. And then there's, there'll be a scrolling list, which you can uh, left to right. So you can choose like the model that kind of approximates like your body type and it will using generative ai it will create uh, it will it will dress that model in that thing that you're looking at um now i couldn't uh, i couldn't find a live example the 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 blog post in which they announced this said specifically that oh no no it's launching today 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 but for the life of me i could not find a single search result uh, in google shopping or just in regular google search that would turn this up they gave i, I don't believe that this is like through like limited partnerships they gave shout outs to anthropology everlane h&m and loft like if you're if you're from from uh, from clothing retailers such as blah 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 so i don't I, but i don't know if this is something that requires like back-end support from these stores or if it's something where the this generative ai feature it will see oh here is a picture of uh, a model wearing a shirt i can get the information about that shirt from this image and then apply this to this model that's been selected uh, it's a, uh, it's, it's a big deal. So I, so I couldn't really try it. I, ironically, I could not try the try on uh, feature. They did uh, give you links. The, the, the blog post does have links to a, a, an actual like research paper that uh, they're publishing, that they're publishing. Uh, this was work with, uh, from Google research and the university of Washington with lots of examples of what this generative AI looks like. And it looks very good. It doesn't look like if you've seen this feature before, I guess I certainly have like a few years ago and it looks like, you know, someone cut out something in the shape of a shirt and 
put it on top of a, a model. It drapes correctly. It hangs correctly. It flows around that body shape correctly. It looks fine. I don't. Th- so yeah, that's uh, the uh, they're they're clearly rolling this out kind of cautiously, I guess. Uh, it's only women's tops right now. They are promising men's tops soon and other kinds of clothing later on. So, okay. I mean, that's, I could, I'm, uh, it does, it doesn't appeal to me because I, I just want to know if it'll fit me. You know, I, I, I want to know like, what is, how is this tailored? I had to buy, like, uh, uh, I bought my, I had to buy a new pair of jeans and I would have preferred to just order it on Amazon, but that would have involved like just ordering four or five pair and then t- sending back the ones that I, that didn't fit right. And it's like, okay, I will, I will put on my good under underpants and I will go to Kohl's <laughs> and, and try on pants, like re- relive the shame of like every late August in a school year when I was a child of going to Sears and trying on tough skins as mom keeps like shoving more pants and clothing o- over the transom of the, of the, <laughs> You know, you know, you know why we'd all like to get get rid of that from our from our minds, but yeah, it it's also okay. That's nice, um, but it's also a reminder of how important Google Shopping is to Google. Like this isn't this isn't a simple thing that they added. They're really t- it's not even necessarily important if people find it a useful feature, so long as they say, "Hey, I'm going to try Google Shopping and to 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 play with this feature anything that will get people's attention into google shopping as a place to go when you're shopping for something is going to be a huge huge win for google like there it's uh, i mentioned before when we we're talking about uh, uh, the last quarter's uh, results call i i i have to go back and check but i'd i'd be surprised if in the past year year and a half there has if there hasn't been a single results call in which google did not have a big old hunk talking about google shopping because this is a this this is a place where they're vulnerable in search google search they pride themselves on being like the concierge to the internet the front page to the internet but the there's so many different kinds of searches where particularly in shopping where google search is not necessarily people's first choice people's first choice is you know Amazon and once people enter Amazon they you know, they they are off of Google's radar until they've bought their <laughs> until after they've bought their pants uh, and they won't know what pants they bought until they post something to Google Photos or something uh, in which case of course they will suck that information in and figure something out and how to monetize it <laughs> for to their own advantage but yeah that's this is why uh, I mean, we're going to we're going to be talking about antitrust at the end of the show but this is why uh, the uh, antitrust actions against Google, if it focuses on search, it really is pretty toothless. And that was true before uh, before Microsoft Edge uh, and uh, and uh, Microsoft Bing got like AI <laughs> superpowers. They know that there are a whole bunch of things that people do on the internet where Google search is not their go-to. They're for specific things. They want to go to the, this destination where they feel as though this is a hopper of things that are that are going to be particular to my needs at this point. I don't want a general uh, a general Google search isn't going to do it for me. And as a matter of fact, that's going to be the topic of our bonus episode for members. Uh, if you're a member, you will be uh, this week. You'll also hear me talk about the uh, the there there is a a collective protest on Reddit uh, from uh, Reddit subgroup. Uh, editors who are taking their subreddits dark in protest of a really, really uh, nasty change that uh, that uh, Reddit has made, starting to cha- charge a huge amount of money for third-party Reddit apps to get access to uh, to to uh, the, the the Reddit database, and so they're taking it uh, taking it dark. And this actually has shown up some things about uh, about Google Search that are interesting and worth talking about. Okay. So let's talk another roll of the dice. Double sixes, we roll again. Five and a one, number six. Uh, Let's see. Ah, the Pixel Watch, for the Pixel Watch feature drop. This is something that we should have gotten at the very, very beginning. Uh, You will be able to, you are able to check your oxygen saturation, (laughs) your blood oxygen uh, saturation level. This is something that the obviously the hardware for this the sensors for this has been in the Pixel Watch since it was you know since it shipped, and Google has been hinting at oh yes it can do that it's not supported by software yet but it will soon, and you kind of want to ask yourselves ask Google like why 
is not, why is that not working right now? It's such a handy and useful, important health feature. But we're getting it in the in the Pixel Watch feature drop now. So, okay, fine. We got that. Um, the caveat there is that it's not as thorough as what you get on some other smartwatches, including uh, fit, fitness watches, including uh, the Apple Watch, uh, because it will only it, it only uh, ch- will read your uh, blood oxygen saturation overnight while you sleep. It's not like you can get an instantaneous read. That might be okay because the value of having blood oxygen saturation reading on your on your watch it's not so much of a oh what is it right now it's more of a an overall health check sort of thing where what is my what was my take a take a 6 hours worth of readings and f- tell me what my saturation level is it's not for it's not for performance uh athlete training or anything like that it is uh, as we we all kind of learned the importance of uh, the value of uh, of that number uh, during the COVID crisis, saying okay, if my my if I think we all like bought <laughs> I bought the the, the, the basic thirty dollar reader uh, from my local drugstore. So okay, ninety eight percent is normal. Ninety eight percent is normal. If it gets if I'm feeling sick and it goes down to like ninety or ninety two or eighty eight, I know that I might be in trouble. So it will tell you that there are problems like that, or it will tell you that there are problems where uh, of your sleep that maybe you are suffering from sleep apnea because you're not, you stopped breathing for a while and your blood sat- blood saturation went down. So, okay, that's nice. Hopefully it's <laughs> better, better late than ever, but okay. Now you've given us the thing that you should have given us like at the very, very beginning. Okay. Roll the dice. Five and a four. I just realized I've, I've, I've ah, the double sixes should be a one. Because there's okay, I'm sorry. That's that's uh, Google Lens can Google Lens can now do skin stuff. So like, have you ever like been next to somebody on an airplane and like they take off their sock and their shoe and they point at like a discoloration like on their foot and say ask you if this looks infected to you? Well, now instead of asking you, that person can use Google Lens because Google Lens can now take you can now uh, can now look at pictures you're taking of things on your body and it will look to see if this it'll recognize that okay i'm looking at a picture of skin i'm going to see if it matches any imagery that i know of about known skin problems conditions whatever so if it's if so if there's a blotch on your arm it can tell you that oh it looks like an insect bite uh here's a mole oh yeah that's a that's that's a mole uh it's a they did, there's the uh, the announcement didn't good give you a categorical list. It did give a couple of kind of ugly looking pictures that I wish that they didn't put in there. It's not as bad as those, you know, infected toenail like ads that pop up and make you want to burn your computer. But yeah, I don't want to see that anyway. Uh, so it'll work for that, but also a quote, a bump on your lip, a line on your nails or hair loss on your head. And now I'm worried about lines on my nails. Should I be worried about that? Do I, do I dare now to use Google lens on my fingernails or is it going to tell, is it going to like immediately like dial nine one one on my behalf? As far as hair loss, mostly it's going to tell you that, okay, you have, do you have relatives? <laughs> Does your, your grandparents uh, bald at all? Okay. There you go. Or, or yeah, fine. Maybe it'll, it'll be able to tell you if you've got uh, alopecia or some other kind of condition, but okay. So m- moving forward in lens. So again, uh, uh, so again, sorry. Yes. I, for- I forgot that two dice can only, two dice can only do like <laughs> two and up. So double sixes now mean one. And we got a six and a four, number 10. So if you've got access to search labs, uh, you've, you, you went the, you went into the site, you went to the, you gave your email address and, uh, on, on that site to sign up and you got into the program. Uh, there is a actually a very new, interesting feature in search. So, uh, now if you do a Google, just a plain Google search in, uh, in Chrome or whatever, and, uh, there's a, you notice that each search result as usual has like a three, three dot, uh, pop-up menu next to it. Now there's a new add to sheet item on that three button menu. And if you click on that, this search result will be added to a Google Docs spreadsheet. And if uh, at the time you can either select one of your existing sheets or you can create a new one for it to go into, and it will there'll be a brand new line on the spreadsheet added that will have the URL and the and the name uh, of the, the the title of that link. Uh, so yeah, that's pretty cool. They they give uh, they give a, a use case of oh well, let's what if you're like planning a vacation with your f- family and friends, and you see oh here's a great restaurant, you can instantly just 
you know, pop that into a shared Google street sheet of, hey, here are interesting things that we might be uh, might be wanting to take a look at. I immediately thought of uh, my problem where my entire day is filled with like research and looking for like new sources of information and new stories that I might want to follow up on or talk about. And so bookmarking these things, and it might be kind of cool to put that into a spreadsheet. I don't think this is going to be the solution, but yeah, it's one of those features that kind of begets your own ideas about how can I leverage this to, to my own, uh, to my own benefit. Okay. One and a five. That's a six. Uh, we already did that. Blood oxygen saturation. Double twos, double twos, and that's a four. Oh, uh, okay, this is a, a pixel drop feature. The recorder app has gotten a huge, huge boost, and actually there are two features here that are in one thing. Gee, I could, I could have had a dozen, oh well. Uh, the nicest thing is that now you can create a, do, uh, you can not only have a transcript of uh, of audio, of a voice that you've recorded, but also it will, you can tap a button and it will automatically create a Google Doc of that of that transcript. So for so, so many use cases where I just need text to speech to text, yeah, it's the easiest. It's the easiest, most powerful app. I one really the first thing I do when I set up a new phone that I'm going to be using regularly is to have the voice recorder app accessible right on the top screen because there are times where something is happening. I need to capture a recording of this immediately, losing no time whatsoever. So that's why I want like first order retrievability. But the ability to keep this going and then be able to do a just search through skim through what you recorded is amazingly cool um and there's uh, there's also a i think that it always had the ability to label identify separate uh, voices separate speakers and like have you name them or basically identify different speakers now you can search for speakers within those recordings so if i had a, if i had a briefing with george lucas I could just say, you know, just give me a search for all the things that George Lucas said, <laughs> because most of my, most of my, most of my end of the recording is just the sound of me like crying and peeing. So I, that's, that's going to help me out a lot of bit. Okay. Next. Another six. Eight. Oh, Katamari. This is uh, an Easter egg in Google search that dropped the people, or uh, I think it, I don't know if it dropped this week or people just discovered it this week because they don't announce this sort of thing. So now if, so if you do a Google search for Katamari, K-A-T-A-M-A-R-I, Katamari is the name of like a collection of games uh, where you've, I, I'm not going to try to explain the entire backstory, except for it's it's Japanese and it's adorable. Where you you got this big ball that you're basically rolling through the kingdom, and it's a sticky ball, so it picks up uh, it picks up like animals and signs and houses and things like that. And the and the goal is to pick up as many things as possible by rolling it <laughs> through the through, through the terrain. So now, if you <laughs> so now if you do a Google search for Katamari, you will see a little widget ap appear, and if you click on that little ball. Katamari widget, you get a Katamari ball on your Google search results page. And using this, using the arrow keys, I think maybe the mouse keys as well, you can roll this Katamari ball over the search results window and it will pick up, it will stick, it, it will peel up like uh, pictures and search results and I, other user interface and information elements. And it's just so adorable. It's this, it's a, yeah, like uh, I'm glad, I'm glad that they didn't fire so many people and they're not so concerned about the unprecedented international macroeconomic situation that they're not willing to still pay people to do goofy crap like this. Uh, uh, a, uh, a game site, uh, uh, Kotaku, uh, got a quote from, uh, from the, found out who, uh, who actually created this at Google, got, uh, got a response about this. Uh, and he says that uh, Lucas Bullen, the lead software engineer on the Katamari minigame project. I'm quoting here, Katamari is a nostalgic game for many of us and has a large, large fan following. The recognizable game mechanic of items getting attached to the rolling Katamari is so fun and unique, we wanted to see it interact with the search page and gives, give fans an opportunity to play with the Katamari outside of just the games. But here's significantly, he also revealed that Google also has video game Easter egg widgets for Star Fox, The Last of Us, and quote, many others for fans to stumble upon while using Google search. And yeah, I tried, I tried searching for Star Fox. All I got was like the Marvel Comics uh, <laughs> character. <laughs> so I guess we have to, so it's, so it's not only the Katamari game that will get you to waste time 
joyfully playing this Katamari game, but they're also encouraging you to waste time by looking for other Easter Easter eggs. So this is, I think they're saying that if the economy, if, if, if they're going to have to suffer from the economy, then I think everybody else is going to have to have an inflicted downturn as well. That's, you know, tear down the set tear down the state i'm glad that i'm, I'm glad that they're uh, that they're very very punk rock about this okay ah why am i getting sixes all the time are these dice loaded i bought they might they might be defective dice when the uh when the uh, when the drugstore in the in our neighborhood like closed down uh i got these dice like pre-packed their bicycle dice and uh they were like the package was down to like 90 percent off so maybe it's just the weird dice uh okay wow number 10 Arrgh. i might have to give up on this because ah three to two five uh, another pixel pixel drop smart home controls have been upgraded in google home i thought that was there already but i guess it didn't actually officially drop till now that's a, a nice reorganization of uh, the google home like splash page so that now you can configure it and say, I want the, I want my, my doorbell camera to be front and center above that. I want the the light controls for the, for the living room. Cause I'm using that all the time. So yeah, it's a, that, that's been a dumpster fire for a long time. So it's nice to see them like actually address problems. Uh, six and oh, ready to do that. Uh, seven, uh, another pixel watch feature drop. Uh, unusual heart rate alert. That was something that I also wish had been there like from the very, very beginning. So if your heart rate suddenly spikes really, really high or drops really, really low, it will give you an alert uh, so that you can <laughs> you can know that, hey, I've noticed something really, really horrible. Should I call, call 911 for you? So, uh, well, sevens again, sixes again. Okay, I'm gonna, if we get three more duplicates, I'm just gonna go to the list. Five, and that is once again smart home controls. Okay, so we're one strike one, five strike two, six strike three. What the hell is it? Okay, let's go. <laughs> let's just run the list. This was fun for a while, and I'm glad that I. So I didn't waste like the eighty cents I spent on these dice because I actually used them for a productive uh, feature. Okay, uh, pixel drop features. Uh, you can now trigger a safety check from the assistant, which is really really cool. So that now you don't have to have you don't have to actually have to touch the phone to uh, use the safety check feature. That's the feature where uh, you tell, "Hey, uh, uh, safety check for one hour," and it will check back with you in one hour. And if you do not acknowledge that, "Hey, I, I, I am alert. I am alive. I have access to this phone," uh, it will um, uh, it will alert your emergency contact. So now you can say, "Hey, Guillermo," or the word Google, uh, start a safety check for one hour or forty five minutes or whatever. Uh, this is another pixel feature that I, I'm really looking forward to using. Now you can take selfies by holding up the palm of your hand towards the camera. So if you already have the self timer mode activated and then you, you know, prop up the phone uh, against a wall or something, the fact that you're doing stop in the name of love will trigger that three second or 10 second timer. Nice. Now this is not my kind of feature. You've uh, Google showed this off a Actually, during Google I.O., it was really the majority of what they discussed about new features coming to uh, to Android. Cinematic wallpapers and emoji wallpapers. Uh, that's where instead of having a static image, hey, it'll be majestic. It'll be kind of three-dimensional. And the emoji wallpapers is uh, you can basically create a wallpaper of colors and styles and 3D shapes based on 4,000 emoji that's uh, not up my street. Uh, I'm not. I'm. I don't really get that interested in uh, in wallpapers and uh, and that's and that sort of stuff. Uh, I find I find one I like usually within like the first three days of setting up a phone, and then it just sticks there for the, for the life of the phone. Uh, the let's see. We talked about that. We talked about oxygen saturation, katamari, uh, skin stuff. Uh, add to sheet, virtual try on. Actually, I think did we get through everything? I thought we got. I guess we did. Yes, now we did. Okay, so yeah, a big, big, big dump of features. So yeah, very, and a lot of them are, are again very, very valuable. Uh, again, the 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 recording, the recorder app is, it's it really a long time ago it left just being able to take voice notes or whatever, and became like a genuine productivity thing. Um, I mean, the, there there have been times where I've been in a not totally sketchy situation, but a slightly sketchy situation. And I would surreptitiously like just, you know, activate the recorder 
so that if something bad happens, I will have a record of it. And, and there, and there also have been times where I just, I can't take notes and pay attention at the same time. So I'm going to have this thing take notes for me. So that was a, a big, big win. Um, but bef- before we move on uh, to our next break and then talk about uh, the antitrust, I have to, I have to say this, it, uh, these feature updates uh, on, on pixel, that reminds me of a big, big problem with Android where getting updates is still super confusing. Now, if I have a Pixel phone, so the biggest problem with updates on Android, I don't have to experience. I, I get them immediately. I don't have to wait for Samsung or AT&T or whatever to build me a version of this new update and push it out to my phone. The problem is, uh, where do I go to look for a software update? Now, this, this, is, this is where I know that the feature drop has happened. So now, and it's not all happening to everybody on the same day. So I have to start like looking to see if it's arriving on my phone. And so where is it on this, on, on this menu and I uh, settings menu and I never get it right on the first try. It's I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to tap right now. And so I always, I, I, every single time, I don't know whether it is under uh, uh, system or about phone or maybe under Google. And I, honest to God, I, I've every single time I need a check, I have to guess. I have a 50, 50 chance of it being, I'm going to guess about phone and yep. And that's not it. Even though there's an item under about phone for Android version. Yep. And will tell me what versions I have, but not let me update them. I was supposed to go for system and here is system update and there is an update available. Hey, Hey, nice. It's, it's, I don't understand why, uh, why it's, it should be that confusing. Also, the number of times where, uh, on multiple different kinds of devices, including my Google, Google Chromecast with Google TV, I'll say, it'll, I'll, it'll be, I'll hit check for update and it will say the current time of day and the current date saying your system is up to date, thus implying that it had just checked on my behalf and not found an update for me. But if I, oh, what's the hell, what the hell, I've got nothing better to do today. If I click the button, check for update manually next to that, hey, what do you know? It finds an update for me. That's not helpful. On the Pixel Watch, I don't, I still don't know if I have access to that uh, to that uh, blood ox- blood saturation blood oxygen saturation level because okay where is the what am i trying to update do i have to go to the play store and update health components there do i have to uh, go to settings and do a system update uh, the number of times where it's told me that hey there's a system update but i can't install it yet and i'll tap i'll i think it's because it's it's telling me that it needs to be halfway charged and attached to a charger okay fair enough but then it will it i will meet both of those criteria and i'll tap the button yes go ahead and check and it doesn't do it so it's it's way more complicated than it needs to be and and again this is all based on my already knowing that there's an update waiting for me and that's going to be worth having like what happens if someone isn't someone who writes about technology or or is reading like uh, google blogs all the time to get this information and also uh, uh you don't always get uh, along with the system update. Oh, by the way, here's a splash screen explaining what this update does. It's just it's just a big big mess. It could be done so much better and so much some in such obvious ways that it just it gets me a little bit annoyed every single time I have to deal with this and I have to deal with this like once a month. Okay, try, <laughs> again, I'm trying not I'm trying not to sound privileged and ungrateful that well actually I have to do this once a month because there's going to be a really cool set of new features probably waiting for me. Okay, that's good enough. Well, okay, I will I will I will focus on a koan of humility uh, during this next break. Finally, the European Commission, which is the EU's antitrust regulator, had something to say to Google. They said. Hey, sorry about all the bad blood. Gosh, we really have been running you guys ragged about uh, these antitrust issues. And we just, what, what can we say? We screwed up. We, we looked really hard for the past couple of years and we couldn't find any evidence whatsoever. Here's an Outback Steakhouse gift card, 500 bucks. Take yourselves out for a nice blooming onion for a small percentage of your workforce and Gosh, we hang up. No, of course, no, of course not. They, uh, the hammer fell the way that they, uh, that the, everyone thought it would. 
So they uh, basically what they what happened this week was they uh, the the uh, EC filed uh, something that's called a statement of objections. This is the cap to two years worth of investigation on how Google runs its ad business, and uh, the basically a list of here is what we found in this investigation and what our conclusions are and how we're going to be moving forward to this. And of course, they concluded that Google is is. Uh, guilty of uh, violation of uh, EU regulations against what, is, what they call, quote, abuse of a dominant market position, unquote, after establishing that, yes, they do have absolutely a dominant market position in the serving of digital ads. And they, they've got the same complaints that the U.S. government has uh, about <laughs> when they did their investigation. Essentially, the thing, the, the thing that Google's going to have a hard time defending against is the allegation that they are – uh, they they are running they are a huge presence in all parts of the business of how ads uh, appear before uh, before people on the internet in that they uh, are they have they they uh, make money off of servers that that host ads they sell ads they uh, and, and uh, operate advertising campaigns on on behalf of customers and they buy ad space and they participate in those instantaneous auctions that happen every time uh, you open up a web page for the best positions uh, of, of ad positions. And they've been finding, they've been finding that, yeah, this is, it, you're using uh, the information that you get as, uh, as someone who's selling to advise the t- transaction of bidding on the same space. So basically you can, you, you're looking at everybody's cards. So you have the ability to know, okay, I, I don't have to bid higher than this to get this space I want, or I can basically stick it to these people and make sure that they only have to go through this so it's as i said it's it's hard for google to defend against this uh so what happens now is that uh, uh google has the opportunity to examine the uh european commission's findings and their evidence and respond uh the bad news is that uh, this is now this isn't a guilt this this isn't a finding this isn't uh, even a formal a formal legal action against Google. They are technically not guilty of violating these regulations. Uh, so they've, there's a lot of discussion. However, if they are found, found guilty, uh, the EC has the ability to demand uh, remedial action to that, uh, that is to their liking to make sure that, uh, to stop Google from continuing uh, to violate their antitrust rules. And they can, they can impose fines of up to 10% of Google's worldwide turnover. Yeah, that would be that would be inconvenient. I think again that 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 darn international unprecedented macroeconomic situation, and and one of the remediations that they could ask for or demand is that you Google splits up its ad businesses that they it the the different sectors of the ad business that everybody else has to take part in have to be not under not uh, sec- segments of a single uh, Google corporate head but three independent businesses owned by Google that don't talk to each other and can't again look at each other's cards and collude uh, with each other against everybody else who's taking part in the ad business it's uh, and they, the EU, the EC definitely thinks it has a very strong hand here because, like I said, this is just the part of the this is the part of the process where we have completed the investigation. Here is what we have found, what we think we found, and what we've concluded. Google, what do you have to say about this? Even so, they've the the cover letter. As the, the the press release says, I'm quoting here, the commission's preliminary view is therefore that, uh, that only the mandatory divestment by Google of part of its services would address its competition concerns. So this is well before Google has said, okay, you got us, or okay, we can't defend against this, or making an offer to the EC as, okay, what if we changed our business this way? What if we allowed this kind of an oversight? What if we, if they, if we are required now to make sure that to your satisfaction, we are no longer violating this rule, can we do something short of divesting ourselves of this business? So it's, it's weird that they're already putting that on the table. It's kind of, it's kind of a, kind of a hostile act, you know? Uh, and don't forget that the uh, United States Department of Justice has already filed its antitrust suit against Google's ad business. They did that in January, and like I said, made pretty much the same statements that, look, you guys are <laughs> you're selling the cars, you're buying the cars, and you're advertising the cars. You are <laughs> this is not a, when there's an quote open and fair auction to buy this product to buy this ad. 
you are basically <laughs> you 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 are basically controlling the entire table. And uh, the EU's document, uh, the EC's document, doesn't even talk about uh, about how it's using uh, the their position as the the maker of the world's most popular web browser. Chrome has ninety one percent of desktops in the world. And they have the ability to, and they have exercised the ability to shut out other ad network technologies that could uh, make it impossible for Google to run the table the way that they've been doing. They've instead been offering their own solutions for how to improve ad networks. And of course, they're not, they will address on the surface, on a surface detail, what people are worried about while making sure that's not going to affect their bottom line. Because you know, ninety-one percent uh, is one interesting, uh, interesting statistic. There, another one is uh, I think sixty, I think it's eighty-one, eighty-two percent of Google's revenue comes from the ad business. If they suddenly, if that suddenly gets cut in half because they can no longer exercise certain advantages, they ain't going to sell enough Pixel watches to make up for that shortfall. You know what I mean? Well, I do feel as though an objective outside observer would agree with me that this has been a full and complete show. And yeah, after starting off with a 20-minute discussion about cooking, I'm still hungry. I've been hungry throughout this entire recording session. So I think I'm going to wrap this up and then go stimulate the local pancake industry, which is flourishing and not enough due to my contributions. I think I feel like I've been letting the side down and there's the, the diner up the street has lemon ricotta pancakes with a blueberry compote. I'm, I'm, I'm not the richest person in the, in this industry. However, I can afford lemon. Yes. I think that's what I, anyway, so, uh, Flo is going to be back with us next month. In the meantime, you can check out what she's up to on her Instagram where she is. Oh, that flow. O H T H A T F L O. I am Anatko on Twitter and Instagram. I H and as a Nancy, A T is Tom K O. Uh, you can also hear me on Boston public radio in Boston at, uh, WGBH news.org. If you can, uh, listen to things live or, uh, stream it later, they usually uh, segment out, uh, my 20 to 30 minute, uh, tech news, uh, conversations. So you can find those pretty, pretty easily, or you can go to the WGBH news channel on YouTube when we are actually in live in the studio at the, uh, at the Boston public library with cameras and stuff. And once again, as always, you can help support our show and everything on the Relay FM network by becoming a member. Thank you very much, all of you who choose to become members. Uh, as you probably are aware, we've been ad-free for uh, <laughs> more more often than not. It's not because uh, we've had a sponsor buy out all of our ads to make sure that you we can just simply talk about Google without uh, without bringing commerce into it. Yeah. Uh, so uh, memberships really, really do help us out. Uh, uh, Flo is still... Uh, getting her fair share of the, of uh, memberships and all other revenue from the show uh, while she's on her medical leave as she deserves. So yeah, so we, uh, on behalf of her and I myself, thank you so much for becoming a member. Uh, if you want to sign up, go on over to relay.fm slash material to sign up and gain access to special, mem- special members only episodes produced by all of Relay's contributors, including us. Uh, you can also go to relay.fm material, f, relay.fm slash material to take a look at our show notes where I have links uh, to stuff that uh, that I discussed today, including that comics, that mono, mono-spaced comic sans font. Again, let me know if you think that it's a shameful thing to use this to like write things in. I don't, I'm still on the fence. Well, anyway, thank you all so much for listening this time. We hope that you'll be listening to the show again next week. And until then, everybody, please have a happy, safe, and healthy seven days. Bye-bye.